and welcome back to Hour 2 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. I'm here with my guests today, uh, Michael and Rowena Tachias. And we kind of, in the in the first hour, we kind of got into, kind of started touching a little bit on this whole global warming hoax, climate change thing. Now, I believe in climate change. I believe climate change happens. I think there's actually uh, probably geological, geological evidence of it that it has happened throughout the history of the world. I mean, we know that uh, we are in the middle of a retreating ice age, which, you know, which is why the glaciers are disappearing. But that's happened before on this planet. We know that. Geologists have proven it, that there was at one point in time in which it was the 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 whole world was very humid it was most it was covered with a lot of water i mean there was i know there was a lady um several years ago that uh, was kind of a geologist and she gave me this large seashell and it was pretty cool i mean it looked like one you'd find on the beach down at the ocean or something she said you know where i found this i said i don't know she said i found this buried in the middle of the desert it's like really you know because there've been some huge geological changes on this planet over the years and at one point in time the deserts apparently were oceans that tells you that there was definitely some major climate change at some point in time and that it probably got so warm that uh, the ice caps probably all melted there weren't any glaciers and there was a lot more water on the planet than there is now and then at some point something caused things to kind of change around and it got colder and then the whole planet froze over so and there weren't uh people driving cars back then that we know of <laughs> we haven't found any geological evidence of it or burning coal or any of that i mean who knows um but kind of oh sorry hold on let me bring you guys back into the conversation there there we go i got michael and uh rowena back okay go ahead what were you saying ro i was just gonna say that george carlin you know, back in our day, he was a very controversial comedian, right? Yeah. So he has a whole segment about climate change. Like, this planet, if you believe that it was, you know, Big Bang Theory and it's been beat up by, you know, everything out in the out in space and all the things, just like you said. Right. Asteroids. That it's going to survive a couple billion people. Yeah. Because it's survived for so long and evolved for so long. And, I mean, you know. You know, the thing that worries me is I believe that, and, and, and there again, I think we're overwhelmed with so many things going on at the same time. You know, for many, many years, there have been these people that they made out to be kooks and conspiracy theorists talking about the chemtrails. And they, they also referred to it as aerosol, aerosol operations and things like that. But we're starting to see proof coming out that that actually is true, that they're actually doing this. And I remember, I saw a funny thing the other day. Remember the guy that he would be on TV and he would be painting a painting and he'd show how to do it from start to finish. Oh, and yeah. He'd show how to do different brush strokes. Okay, yeah, we're going to paint this today. And it's like a, and, you know, he'd paint skyscapes and things like that. Well, when I was a kid, you'd look up at the sky most of the time and it was just solid blue. I just, you know, maybe there'd be some normal clouds in the sky and things like this. But now... I'm seeing days in which the entire sky 
is filled with chemtrails, chemtrail clouds, and they just linger up there. And there are those that are out there saying that these so-called chemtrails, and, and some people try to com com compare them to vapor trails from planes, but they're not the same. Vapor trails just kind of dissipate pretty quickly and go away. But these chemtrails, they seem to just linger up there forever. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen days where there have been so many chemtrails that there's literally been cloud cover of chemtrails. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, are they doing this on purpose to alter our climate? I mean, because what they essentially would do would, would be cause, they would cause a greenhouse effect. Essentially, they would trap the heat in and make it warmer. Instead, well, I believe that we have the ability to have specific climate change in specific areas for specific reasons. Yeah. I mean, you could apply that to war. Well, I'll say this. And um, being in the military at all levels, uh, we've had to sign non-disclosures. And, and of course, uh, it's about um, uh, security and uh, not compromising what we do as, uh, as a military and what our, or what our government does. So I'll give you my opinion Okay. I'll say that again. My opinion. That's right. And um, and we're we're good at in the military and at um, creating smoke screens. And we're uh, you know I worked uh, in the CJ two X uh, and the and the and the folks out there that know what that is that uh, have worked with that CJ two X. What is that? It's uh it's, it's the guys that do all the uh, counterintelligence, uh, the um, the security issues. Uh, okay. So. Uh, and counterterrorism. It's it's a whole conglomerate of, of joint stuff that uh, we work with. And, of course, I've been in that that uh, that uh, scenery and working a lot heavily with NATO and, uh, and other countries. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I'm a firm believer that um, it's important that we protect our national interests and that we don't disclose things that are going to hurt us worldwide, especially what's going on. We see it a lot now than ever before and uh our, our, the president of the united states has disclosed things that are you know sensitive or classified and and they're worried about uh you know trump on the other end but going back to our subject um and i'll give you my opinion those things are real and they've been going on for a long time they've been going on since uh, heavily since uh, vietnam and you think about what they did uh, in Vietnam and Korea on the DMZ, spraying Agent Orange. Right, yeah. And they knew back then that stuff was bad. And mm -hmm. they knew that it was going to haunt us for decades. And, it's, and it is haunting us because look at all the Vietnam veterans that are now dying from it. My, my dad had uh, Agent Orange. I have an uncle right now suffering from it. Um, and, uh, and we've done other things. And uh, we've had... Incidents here where the Air Force has dumped stuff on the reservations all over the country in the Southwest. And they denied it, got caught, and then they had to pay restitution for it. We do it all over the country. And uh, we do it in war. We do it to change the, uh, um, the effects of, uh, you know, if we want to create that environment where it's hard for them to move, we want to put the rain there or create a snowstorm or whatever. 
we're working on those things and yeah. they've, and they've done them. And of course, some of that stuff has backfired. Uh, there's other things going on and there's the rumors and the controversy about them using it to spray communities down all across the country. And it's well documented and you can FOIA it and the government tries to do everything in their power to cover it up. But these things are going on and they're getting worse. And, uh, and so this is just my opinion. And, um, and hopefully they don't come after me and put me in jail, but uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we are we are a country, and you think about what's happening right now, especially with the psyops war and misinformation and and uh, you know we're creating these smoke screens all over the place uh, because we're too busy fleecing our own country and uh, you know and they don't want the, the 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 little guy down there. that's why there's so much all this issues on the border that's that's distraction, yeah. It's a huge distraction. We're caught up with that. We're fighting that issue. We're fighting discrimination. Uh, we're we're dealing with the, uh, the 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 shots going on. The uh, you know the immunization shots going on and what's affecting them. What's happening to our school systems? We're being bombarded with so much stuff, and the people are getting worn out. And after a while, like we were talking about, people just don't want to hear it anymore. In the meantime, we've got a deep state that's running. Their agenda, and they're very good at it. And you think about it, you know, uh, you know, this is uh, this. We're at war. We're at war with ourselves. We're a divided country, and we're fighting some ridiculous things that are going on. And uh, and you, you you look at everything in perspective. We're a country right now that has lost focus. What's going on overseas with China and Russia? And they openly have for decades said that hey they are preparing for war against us it's well documented right and yeah. uh, and we cover that up we don't want the american people to know what's really going on over there because if they knew what was going on over there you would be you would not be worried about this trivial stuff in the country that's creating all this confusion and you know and and of course we're dealing with fraud and corruption and and we we've got to clean up our own backyard but we're telling everybody else to clean up their backyard I know I was in civil affairs and I used to sit there with my troops coming back home and we'd be in Europe at the airport looking at on the news at our country in embarrassment with NATO soldiers looking at us and that's America. Are you kidding? Yeah. And uh, I never thought when I retired that I would be faced with what's going on today. We have lost our moral compass again. We have lost our values and principles. The army was the last our military was the last stronghold. For those principles, especially about patriotism, freedom, and we've lost. And now they've infiltrated the military, too. Exactly. So we've changed. In school. In schools. Right. They're not talking about, they're not um, teaching patriotism. They're not teaching the love of your country. They're teaching to hate your country. And when you're thinking about that, who's behind it? And we've we've got the cartel next door that also shapes our political system and the vote over here. They're flooding money in here. They're, they're buying up business. They're trying to become legit like the mafia did and, you know, with the Italians and the Irish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, think about China and uh, Iran and all, even, even our NATO countries influence our vote. They push money in there into those folks' pockets over there to change what they're doing. You know, we're already looking at, what is it, Texas A&M. Some of the money that they've got from, you know, from China, 
and what and what they're doing, and they're trying to cover that up. But this is all over the place. So they're they're infiltrated our school systems at the lowest level, all the way up in our universities. I hear my kids talking about, you know, they're pushing this agenda with socialism, Marxism, communism. And they're all one and the same. I don't care what anybody says. I've studied it. That was part of my job and to look at, uh, you know, I even spent time in former Yugoslavia. I used to inspect uh, and, and join operations with the Russians and train with the Russians and looked at their security issues. And you think about the culture of those people is totally different than us because their communist uh, background makes them react differently. So, and... Uh, we're the last, uh, what I call the last line of defense, the last resort. And that's what we call Cabazone, the last resort. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, about patriotism and freedom, you know, who do we you, are. Do you think that, okay, do you believe that, I don't necessarily think Biden is personally doing this. I think Biden doesn't have any idea what he's doing. But do you believe that the current administration is willfully trying to um, facilitate the fall of America? I think they are. In my opinion, yes. And I've, like I've said, I've, I've had a long career. I've watched the changes politically in our system, the leadership changes, um, how they were pushing us out the door if you were too conservative in your views. Um, because they wanted this more liberal type officers in there in those key positions. Um, you know, this has been an ongoing thing for a long time. And so they've infiltrated our military. They pushed out. Uh, what I call the good guys, the guys that represented who America was. And uh, so that we have this ongoing struggle. Um, so my question about that is why? Why would they do that? Because, I mean, is there going to be some golden, are, are these the elite that are going to go live on some other planet that they think, that, I mean, we're trying to go find life on other planets to go live on other planets because we've ruined this one? If these people in the administration are, actively trying to take down America, what do they think is going to happen to well, them? Well, Roe, I think that they believe that when they take down America, they're going to be in charge. Okay, but that's not that's how it I, works. I, <laughs> they don't care works. about what happens to any of the rest of us. I think that these elites and these people that are that are pushing these agendas, I think that they believe that they're going to be the ones that are in charge of everything and all of us. And when they've gotten rid of all of us, um, they're going to eat each other. I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. I don't think they're that smart. Yeah, I agree. They're not that smart. I've got another theory, and Michael, I've been dying to ask you your opinion of this, okay? This whole New World Order thing, which appears to be that apparently it looks like the World Economic Forum, the UN, all of these different organizations uh, with people leading them like Klaus Schwab, which that guy reminds me of a villain from a James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Um Bill Gates, uh, these people, it seems like they're kind of at the head of all of this stuff going on. Now, I've been watching this thing going on with Ukraine, and I believe that this is something that is very key to watch to what's everything that's going on. Now, I'm not a big fan of Vladimir Putin, okay? But at the same time, for many, many years, they have been trying to demonize Vladimir Putin. Even when Trump was president and Trump was trying to build a dialogue with Vladimir Putin and they right. demonized Trump for that. It's like, oh my gosh, you're collaborating with the enemy. You're a, you're a Russian asset. And of course, they're pushing this whole Russian, Russian, Russian narrative, which I think was complete and total nonsense. Um, 
but they've been intentionally trying to build tension between Russia and the United States. And and I've I've listened to various different comments by Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin doesn't seem to be a fan of the New World Order. Um, he might be a, you know, you might debate the point about whether he might be a fan of maybe resurrecting the former Soviet Union, which I'm not really certain of that one either. Um, I think my impression of Vladimir Putin is he's just a, a, a strong leader. He probably, he, he rules with an iron fist, probably. But at the same time, he's very patriotic about his country. And I believe that he sees the, the new world order as being a threat to the sovereignty of his country. And I had previously talked about this agreement after World War II in which uh, the, the Western Alliance agreed that they would not move NATO in uh, to the area around Russia's border. They, they made that agreement, and yet they broke that agreement, and they started doing that. And you heard Putin talking about how uh, there were bio labs in Ukraine, which it appears that that was in fact the case. Um, and he also talked about Nazis in Ukraine. So the way I looked at it, it's kind of looks like to me that NATO has kind of become the army of the new world order or is becoming that. I don't know what he, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just kind of curious. Oh gosh. Uh, well, I, I'll just take it back a little bit. Um, I remember having to fly back and forth to Belgium to uh, brief up there on on um, what was going on in uh, Yugoslavia. And I used to uh, make it a point to go to different churches in the area. And I've, they were all empty, except for the you know older people in there. There was no young people in the churches. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, because there's some relevance to what's going on to now, what it all leads up to, and this is going all over Europe. And I've talked to all these NATO partners that I've served with, what's happening with the youth. And that was back in the 2000 timeframe. You know, you think about that and now how we evolved to what's going on now. And you think about Putin and uh, and part of, uh, you know, um, everybody that goes through uh, the officer programs, it's important that they study world events, the trends that are going on, the threat, different leadership. And we all look at Putin all the time. We're always yeah. because he's right next door to Europe. Yeah. You know, he's part of Europe. Right. Uh, he's a traditionalist. He's wanting to keep what is Russia together. OK. Think about the struggles going on in Europe right now with the infiltration of, you know, of uh, uh, foreigners coming in and they're changing uh, you know, England's no longer the same. Germany is no longer the same. France is no longer France. Why are you, they've been overwhelmed by Muslims, right? That's right. That's and, what I heard. And not to say that the Muslims are bad people, because I served with them in combat. Yeah, they were some of the most courageous soldiers that I served with. Uh, the bottom line is that they're no different than us. They're they're looking for freedom, the same ideals that we had in America when we fought the British in 1776, yeah. or Spain, or France. They were the big empires. Right that we're persecuting and oppressing everybody. So we're, it's kind of like history reliving itself now in a modern age, of course, we're, we're facing the same, the same culprit. Um, so the bottom line is this, is that 
you have people that are traditionalists. They want to maintain their culture. I get it. Uh, you know, we're Americans and we want to maintain what is America because we're not the same as the Soviet Union because it's communist. And we see the infiltration of those ideals coming into our school system and into the kids and they don't understand it. They think it's all great on paper. But when you go and live in those countries like I have and you're going to realize that is oppression. It's slavery. You only have the very elite, which is kind of like you're talking about the deep state taking over a very small percentage uh-huh. of the of those folks on top, the very rich, the very wealthy, and everybody else is at the bottom and you're the the peons. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and so these are the people that are going to be oppressed and this is part of the program to dumb down our society. You know, you think about it. So the you know the the greatest thing the the communists have in their power is keeping their people ignorant and dumb. And that's what's happening in America. We're, we're, we're seeing that here. We're experiencing it here in New Mexico and the rest of the country. It's part of socialism. It's part of the communist uh, agenda, you know, and it's a part of that deep state. And uh, so it goes on and on and on. We keep getting deeper and deeper into this stuff. But, uh, again, this is my opinion, and I see it. I'm witnessing it. I've, I've been too long in the military and seen the changes, and I've watched even the uh, our values and principles change. Yeah. You know, how yeah. to act as, as a soldier. And uh, it's not the same as it was when we were back in that era in the, you know, after Vietnam, you know, and you think about uh, America is changing drastically. And so, but uh, with that, uh, you're thinking about here uh, what's going on in the Ukraine and the struggles. You know, I'm, I pray for those people because I understand war. Right. War is ugly business. Yeah. But here's the worst part of it. And uh, it's uh, and I feel that uh, when you put folks in leadership positions that have never been in war, don't understand it. They don't even know the world outside of the U.S. They think because uh, like Bernie Sanders used to visit Moscow in a very ritzy area, right, you yeah. know, never went down to where the little guy lives, where the people are oppressed and live in poverty, you know, uh, and he thinks Russia is great. He thinks the way they run things is great. Uh, and every country is a little different. You go to China, it's another communist country, North Korea. Iran has its own agenda going on, you know, based off of Islam, and they've twisted. Have you have you visited Russia? I have been not into Russia itself. I've been all in these Russian satellite countries. Like, you know, if you think about Kurdistan, Uzbekistan, and places yeah. like that, that was all part of Russia. Um you know, former Yugoslavia, you know, which was made up of many different countries before it became Yugoslavia, and then they broke up again. Uh, they were all Russian satellite countries, which was part of Russia. Right. Uh, I did the joint operations with the Russians and used to visit with them, spend time with them in, in different culture because of communist influence. You know, it's, it's just it's not the same as America. You can't be outspoken. But now to be outspoken, you're, you're called a racist. You're called... You know, they knuckle you down because they don't want you to speak the truth or to challenge the system that's wrong. But I grew up in that old system. That's that's the way my people were coming from Cabazon is to speak up. If something's wrong, you stand up for what's right. That's what's happening now in our system. And soldiers right now are being knuckled down. Our combat and commanders trying to do the right thing, you know, because it's all about taking care of soldiers and their families, doing the right thing by these guys. And now we've got a political system that's following something that's bizarre, you know, and uh, it's confusing everybody, especially these young soldiers. This young guys, I don't even, you know, I love the military. 
I'm very patriotic. I love being a soldier. My brother was the same way. My father, my grandfather, we were all soldiers. That's who we are, our family. But I don't want my kids to go in the military now today. Because, I, I wouldn't either. Because of what's yeah. happening to the, the whole system. It's, it's wrong. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you, but uh, when you're a Christian— uh, you know, you have conservative values, you know, and I keep close tabs with all my buddies that are atheists, and I pick their brain and their thoughts. And, of course, when you're an atheist, your thought process is going to be different. And these are brilliant guys. They're guys that graduate out of the academies, you know, smart guys, Harvard, all these guys. Yeah. You know, and, and you're thinking, well, gosh, you guys have lost your moral compass. And I always tell them, hey, I love you guys. I'll pray for you because they're fellow soldiers. Right, yeah. You know? And we all come from different walks of life. And so, uh, but I, I believe in soldiers and I don't give up because I was a soldier. We look out for each other. That's the brotherhood. We talk to each other. We all have pretty much the same views. Maybe there's a small percentage that don't because they're part of that newer age. But think about what's going on worldwide and the struggles. And Putin doesn't want our craziness in their country. The Muslims don't. No, he don't. No. Those Muslims do not want... American ideals in their in their country because it corrupts the youth. Right. And they blatantly have talked about it. So, um, you know, we we think that uh, everybody loves America and we're finding out it's not so. We're a very arrogant country. And our in the way we act, we're like the Wild West. They they says call me a cowboy. I says, well, that's a compliment. Not <laughs> yeah, overseas, yeah. it's not. I like cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Overseas, they look at you like a cowboy is this wild guy that comes into the bar and shoots everything up. You know. Yeah. That's the way they view America, and and now we're pushing these these uh, uh, strange, bizarre uh, things now that they you know that other countries say, hey, that's morally wrong. Yeah, it's they like, don't we don't want you. that here. They don't you know? want that here, right. So it, it puts us in a really complicated situation. It's like, I love my country, and I'm most certainly a very patriotic person. Yeah. But at the same time, to the rest of the world, and to like Russia and Putin, the United States is looking like a, a place that is, it's like, no, we don't want those ideas coming in our country. You know, and, and, and not only that, but the whole concept of, of this whole new world order thing, it's like, it's. It's spreading like a disease across the entire world. You know, I, I, uh, I'm a, a big fan of, uh, of Governor DeSantis, and, uh, and I track him quite a bit, and, uh, and I look at some of the things. You know, he was a, a, a naval officer. Uh, he's a very intelligent uh, human being, and, uh, and um, I have great respect for him and the things that he's doing in Florida. And he talks about the issues going on with Russia in the Ukraine. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a tough topic. topic. You know, you think about what's happening because you've got to push soldiers to fight there. We're building up all around. We're putting our soldiers in those countries around the Ukraine right now. Yeah. Like we're getting prepared. Right. But we're, people don't realize we are really deep in it already by training. We've got troops there training these guys. So we, we're committing ourselves. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Exactly. I, I, you know, even if we re, uh, get President Trump back in there, it kind of makes me wonder if he's going to be able to untangle this mess that oh, Biden I, has gotten this country I, into. I feel for the guy that becomes president on this next go-around. This is going to be tough. Hey, everybody. Well, stick around uh, for the next segment. Uh, got lots more to talk about. I'm here with... Uh, Michael and uh, Ro Tachias, and you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. 
Hang in there. We'll be back. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2020. Hey, welcome back to uh, segment two of our two of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Stella's out today. I got uh, Michael and Ro Tachias in the studio with me today. Talking about all kinds of interesting stuff. I want to remind everybody, if you want to watch the live streaming version of this show every Friday morning from 9 a.m. to noon, uh, you can go to my website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link there. And so we're doing that for the first time today. If you guys are listening on the radio station, KDAZ, uh, you're hearing a replay of that show. But if you want to join us live next week, Friday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Uh, We didn't get the phones quite working right today. They had a little bit of an echo in them, so we're going to fix that. And then hopefully by next week, we'll also have our phone lines available too, which will be a lot of fun. So if you want to email me your questions and comments, you can email me at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. 
So anyway, we were talking a little bit about this uh, New World Order thing going on and uh, the um, thing going on in Ukraine, which I've been talking about for a while, is seems as though, and, and I've been saying this from the beginning, that among other things, I believe Ukraine is a huge money laundering operation, among other things. What's your thoughts on that, Michael? Hmm. Well, again, in my opinion. <laughs> in your opinion. That's right. Well, we saw what happened uh, in uh, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. The, in my book, it was the fleecing of America. And, uh, and so those wars ended. We got to have something. We've, you know, the war machines got to continue because it's big business. You know. Oh, well, and, that's uh, right. And of course, more money is being uh, laundered over there and fleeced. Uh, we've uh, we have investigations going on. Trump started that. That's what I think started a big firestorm with the Biden family. Yeah, and it also implicates uh, President Obama. So uh, uh, it, it'll take time to uh, you know to. Basically, uh, you know, find all the the hidden stuff because you think about what's happened in our history in the past, even with Agent Orange. They covered that up for decades and deny, deny, deny. Now, all of a sudden, after a big majority of our veterans passed away, now they're coming out and say, OK, yeah, this happened. We, we you know, we're at fault. And uh, but there was no real accountability. And that's what this whole thing's about. It's about accountability. Um you know, you're you're expecting to get us deeper and deeper into this war. Uh, our military is is lacking. Remember when when uh, President Trump was building up our military because he saw and understood the threat level. And if you understand who General Flynn is and and you know another great American, uh, you know fighting the fight, um, you know was advising our president what the threats were, and we're seeing it now. We're seeing that stuff up front and in our face and uh and this is what trump was preparing for and it's important to have open dialogue with those countries in order to keep and maintain peace if we escalate on our end over here we're not gonna you know it's gonna be like the past wars you know we're gonna we're gonna get find ourselves uh bringing back the draft i'm talking with this with everybody that understands um you know what's happening with the manpower issue in our military? We're so lacking. Well, yeah, and from what I understand, recruitments are down. So guess what? We we have to go to war. They're going to bring back the draft. And think about the culture of our kids now and who they are. I know I have young kids, and uh, they don't think they weren't raised like me and my brother back in the day. We were we were tough soldiers. We never, uh, you know, you had to go work. You did it. You, you went out there and you, uh, you did your duty and you, and you were committed to the mission. And, and well, look what they're doing. Look, look, look what they're doing to our young men nowadays is, is there, there, people are not as strong as they used to be in this country. You know, I, I, I've mentioned this numerous times, like, where are the real men in America? It's like, they're, they're a dying breed. I believe you're, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, they're trying to destroy the, the simply the cowboy image. Yeah. You know, those were the the guys in the white hats. Toxic the, masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> they were the, they were the good guys fighting the fight, and uh, and they're trying to get rid of that. So think about uh, what's going on in our in our military, and they're doing the same thing. So you're expecting these guys to go over there with that kind of attitude to go over there and fight again in a foreign country. You know, you're and, and the Russians, they're they're old school. Yeah, they have not lost that warrior image. 
you know they well they no think- you know I, I I talked about this several months ago I was talking about there was this uh, where we had this recruitment video out for our military in which they were uh, talking about uh, uh, kids growing up with with two two women for parents or or, or whatever and and pushing this whole uh, agenda of this uh, this gender thing and all of this and wanting to bring in transgender people and gay people into the military. It's like, well, how does that help us better fight a war? I, I, I really don't understand where how that helps us be, be better fighters and be better defended. And then Russia came back with, with this video, this recruitment video, in which they're showing these shirtless, tough guys, you know, working out and, and shooting guns and doing tough stuff. And it's like, you know, isn't that the way our our recruitment videos should look? <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to. Yeah, I know they used yeah. to. They used to. So well, I don't know. Uh, shoot, uh, gosh, uh, this has always been a debate with uh, all the commanders uh, in, in my group, in my era, uh, with the changes that were going on. And then, uh, you know, I realized that, hey, I could no longer be a part of this military because... I would be considered a a racist, and I'm minority. Right. You know, I've got a, I'm you know half Native American and uh, and or a sexist, or a or sexist. A, or a sexist. And and I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, I I've um, I've watched these young troops in Afghanistan, and Iraq. I'm very proud of my brothers and sisters. They've done great jobs. Uh, I'm amazed by them. But it's all about your values. It's all about your principles. It's about how you mentor soldiers. You know, it's, it's key. I've watched young ladies over there do heroic stuff and tell me, sir, I'm ready to come back. I'm like, wow, you're like this little bitty, you know, like my daughter. Yeah. But they're tough. It's an attitude. Yeah. And you have to have that. You've got to have that spirit. Our spirit, I believe, is broken today in the military. We've lost that image. We've lost not our just beliefs. in the military. Not just in the military. Our spirit is broken in many ways, many many pieces. Because I see broken spirit in the in the schools. Yes, and that's where it starts. Because these are the young kids that are evolving, and that's why we work with the Boy Scouts. You know, and we're. We're Which is, again, a dying breed. That's a dying organization. Ex- exactly. Well, you know where I think all that started is they started this push to, I remember talking about this, they did this, started this push to allow gay scout leaders to come in into the mix. And they were pushing this whole agenda. And then after uh, these gay scout leaders uh, started molesting children, well, then they went after the scouts saying, oh, well, you know, uh, these these kids are being molested by, by gay scout leaders. But, but you pushed to bring the gay scout leaders into the scouts. Exactly. And now you're trying to destroy the scouts because kids are being molested? Right. That's what they do. That's what they do. You know, I, uh, I told my wife an interesting story that uh, me and my... Sergeant Major, you know, we traveled all over the place and, uh, for the military, and we ended up in a NATO base, and uh, so we had to go take a shower, and, and it's, uh, everything was in either French or, or, uh, or German, you know, the bathroom system, so I'm going, okay, which one is where the, the guys go? So we wanted to make sure that we didn't jump into the wrong bathroom, because that, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. By accident, not knowing, like, oh, this is a woman's bathroom, you know, and the women are looking at you kind of crazy. You know, what's going on with this <laughs> yeah. guy? 
So I made sure. I went to go. There was nobody in the bathroom. Made sure they had urinals for the guys. And I went there, took a shower, and by myself. And uh, next thing I know, I'm hearing voices, and I'm going, "Well, those sound like women, you know, in the same bathroom." Yeah. And sure enough, there were. They were coming into the same spot because it was a co-ed shower. Okay. For the for NATO for these troops that were coming from Belgium and France and places like that that they think that was okay but in America that's not. I'm in there and I'm going wow you know I'm in shock and I have to like leave the bathroom. They're looking at me like what's wrong with that guy? They could tell I'm an American. Yeah. Because we we're not used to that. But there's problems with that. There's problems with having young men with women in the shame co-ed scenario. Uh, you know there's no privacy. You think about in combat. You know we. The toilet systems are wide open. You're sitting right next to each other, and you're passing the toilet paper to your buddy and reading a newspaper. And you're going to put a young lady next to me, you know, in that kind of situation. I'm going, wow, that's, you know, it's everything is, is, is upside down. There's problems with it. I remember seeing when I went through basic training back in the day, guys had a separate basic training, and the young ladies were separate. There was a reason for that. Because young men, you know, they're not mature enough to act respectful or whatever with hormones these, are raging yeah hormones are, and the young yeah. ladies are the same way yeah yeah there was confusion there was problems yeah and we did our best and it it destroyed careers with guys because it just takes a young lady to say something and before you know it you're under scrutiny or now if you got a transgender and he said well you're discriminating against me because i'm wearing a dress and you don't like it and i have to do my hair and what, what have you i like back in the day when bill clinton you know, had the don't ask, don't tell thing. We knew the military has always had gays. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't mean that you're a bad soldier. It's all about your values and your principles. Well, you still have to maintain a certain uh, uh, level of conduct. Right. Uh, being professional regardless. I had... I Anybody had, does, whether and, you're straight or gay. It's right. just yeah. about respect. Yeah. Right? It's about respect. It is. And I don't flaunt... You know my behavior in front of you with my wife. Right. That's behind closed doors. Yeah. And that's your business. But I had uh, very close friends. I've had uh, pe- people in my family that were that were gay. I love them like brothers and sisters. You know, we respect each other, and they respect me. And that's all it is. That's all we're asking is about respect. You know, you don't flaunt or try to force your views on me and my family. I mean, that was that was part of the problem towards the end of my career. You know, they wanted me to go through this uh, sensitivity training. I didn't know what it was. And they were saying, hey, sir, you've got to go through this. I go, what is it? And when they brought it up, I said, well, no, I'm not going to waste my time with that. I mean, I've been functioning as a soldier all this time. I'm a minority myself, and I've dealt with discrimination at different levels. But you learn to work with those folks. And some of those guys became my best friend. Yeah. It's an understanding. A lot of uh, it's a lot of fears that people have, and that's what discrimination is, in my view. Uh, and I mean, I had a very close friend that didn't want to be around my kind, and I would invite him to every function. He'd always ask me, "Why, why do you keep inviting me? Because you're by yourself, you know." And he was isolated. And before you know it, he started running with us, and he became a close friend. He told me how he grew up, and he he grew up. And in- why did he not like you initially? Because. Because of the, um, you know, he grew up in, an, in a, uh, his whole family was part of the clan. Okay. Wow. You know, okay. they, in the, from the South, that area, uh, you know, our group was Hispanics, Native Americans, and, you know. So he's kind of racist. So 
But he would tell us racist jokes. We just thought they were hilarious. We right. would laugh, you know, because yeah. we took it differently. When you're a soldier, you're with everybody. Yeah. Of from every culture, every nationality, every religion. Some guys didn't even have a religion. Yeah. But you're still a soldier, and we still live up to those standards as a soldier, and that's the reason why your values and principles are important to operate, to connect with each other. No different than the rest of the world. I had to sit down with many, many of my guys when we went to those Muslim countries. I go, sir, I'm not going to eat out of that pan. I say, yeah, you are, because it's about respect. Those people are sharing with the little that they have, and, the, and the, their culture, they put a big plate in front of you, and everybody's digging in it. Right, yeah. You know, not the same as, you know, the way we operate in America or, or Europe. And there's nothing wrong with it. I said, I, I grew up in a poor family. We came from a ranching family. We didn't even have, uh, we laugh about it, you know, we didn't have uh, indoor plumbing. Yeah. We, we used to, me and my brother would haul water on the truck to the ranch, you know. So it, I never looked at my parents that they put us through a, a, a bad situation or they abused us. Matter of fact, it made us tough. Yeah. When we joined the army, the army couldn't throw nothing at us that we weren't. Man, this is this is nothing. <laughs> yeah. we get, we're this getting, is easy compared to where I get, came from. Yeah, we got we're getting three <laughs> squares and we're in clean sheets and we don't have to work hard or nothing like that, you know. And so physically, we were tough. Yeah, my kids didn't grow up that way, so their thinking's different. And what they teach them, your, the influences in school, and it's it's important. It's about your mentors, and that's the reason why I kind of reflect back when I talked about my mentors in the military. They came from all walks of life and uh, some of the best people. And it was all about respect. And when I wasn't doing my job, guess what? They'd kick me in the butt. Hey, you got to get this or this done. You know, we have these things going on. That doesn't mean they don't like you. I know when I became a commander, I had to do the same thing. But I got my butt kicked many times. I got a, you know, a reprimand from General Flynn, who I highly respect. Yeah. You know, because I... Didn't, wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. You know, you think about that. There's nothing wrong with accountability. There's nothing wrong with discipline. It's important. You cannot maintain a strong military without discipline. Oh, yeah. You have to build war fighters. you got to build warriors, you know, what, I, what are simply soldiers and Marines. And now we're losing that image. So when you got to go in there and fight, you're going to be in a panic when you run up against these hardcore guys on the other side, which we used to be. Technology can only take you so far. That's right. And it's still the ground pounder that's down there that's got to hold it. The Air Force can only do so much. I think our enemy is training soldiers to be tough. They're oh, not yeah. concerned with all this political correctness and this uh, right. pronouns and, and being inclusive in yeah. the military. No, they Your stress card. Yeah. The, getting, they, getting the stress they, card. They, they, they card. came out with a stress card during the Clinton era for somebody that was, you know— you know, that's the reason why you have to vet and clean up these these soldiers that don't belong in there. They're not, they don't have that ability to be a warrior. Uh, you know, if you want to put them in a technical field, I get that. But they're still soldiers. You still yeah. have to do soldier stuff. Right. So if that guy doesn't fit the mold, you don't put him there. You know, he can go work for uh, Bill Gates over there at Microsoft or whatever. I, you know, I, I've always thought that if you're in the military, whatever role you're playing in the military, you should— at any moment, be have the ability to fight if needed. Exactly, and and think about this, and uh, think about these poor soldiers coming back from from overseas after being on the battlefield. They're carrying the scars of war back with them, PTSD, guys that are badly injured, TBI, and it goes on and on and on. And if those guys weren't trained and made tough as warriors to handle that stuff, 
you know, we have a problem going on with the with the suicide. Well, take that all the way back to to Vietnam, Michael. When they had the draft, they drafted people who had no business being in the military, didn't want to be in the military. And what did they give them? Six weeks of training. Boom. They give them a gun and throw them out there. So what happened when all those people came back? We had all those Vietnam veterans that were became homeless living on the street because they were not mentally. They were not prepared when they went. And then they were not prepared for. You know, Michael and I watched it. Michael was stationed at uh, Fort Bliss for three years before he got out. And we would beg these young men and women who were, our our kids were in high school at the time, but they were in their 20s. All they cared about was, let me sign those papers. I want out. I'm going to go back to work at Jiffy Lube. I I have (laughs) my girlfriend who got knocked up because, you know, I was leaving and now she's pregnant and now she has a two-year-old and I'm going to go back to Jiffy Lube. Okay, but you're not the same. She's not the same. Right. You're not the same. So before you sign your name on that dotted line to get out, make sure that you have all your situation, all of your things documented because you're going to end up right back at the VA. You're going to end up and you need to make sure you're taken care of. And, and in my opinion, as a spouse, when I gave the military my husband one way and he came back completely different, I did not get a manual. Nobody trained me how to deal with this. I remember you mentioning that to me last time I had yes, you on. Yes, and the, and the same thing, mm-hmm. not only the family, but the soldier. Yeah. They are not prepared to go back in. There, there has to be a transition, right? Which is, again, how this whole circle of Michael and I doing uh, The Haven came about because we watched it. We watched it for three years and several of these kids who just wanted out committed suicide. And it was devastating, devastating because that's why they were not prepared. They weren't prepared when they went and they weren't prepared when they came back. You know, in some ways it's similar to uh, how when somebody goes to prison for a long time and they come out and then they can't function. They come out to a world that they don't recognize anymore. And they you're right, they can't function. They don't So they go back to what they know. So they go back to and they go they back to crime. Up, and then they go back, yes. Yeah. Because they go back to what they that's know. That's something I talked about uh, that was a topic I talked about one time is when it comes to um, uh, criminal justice reform, I think, is I think that before somebody is going to be released, you need to figure out a way to transition them back to society so that they are ready for success when they get out. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, well, they have halfway houses. They have programs that mm-hmm. do do that. I mean, it's not that they don't. It's that we aren't prepared as Americans, right? We are prisons are overflowing and there's a lot of people in there for stupid reasons right kind of like the january 6th prisoners right now sure but yes but i'm even talking about okay so other infractions they're not violent crimes you know hey put them on a chain gang put them out there there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up there's a lot of community service they they need but even again prisoners they they are allowed to be on the phone they watch all the tv all day long they're they're it is not hard time for them in prison we're worried about how they're treated in prison and and victims you know they're not worried about victims but when you try to get these 
prisoners to come back into society, there's not enough funding. There's They're overwhelmed. There's people in prison who shouldn't be in prison. They could have, you know, paid their penance doing other things. Mm. So we spend all this money on all these people who aren't divided up equally or or appropriately we're funding for those kinds of programs you know they can be funded better they can be bigger programs kind of makes me uh think of i i i'm a i'm a big sci-fi fan star trek i love star trek and their idea of of criminal justice reform in Star Trek is they put them in a penal colony mm-hmm. and where they basically function in a society within within the prison system mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. so that you don't you're not just locked up all the time you're actually functioning in there you have a life you have duties you have things you do you have like a job that you do and that way when you get out um, things aren't really that much different except that you're out mm-hmm. in out of the system, which well, I think something like that's a great idea, yeah. honestly. I'll tell you an interesting thing. Um, so uh, being in the military as long as I have been, you know, you, you, uh, you see uh, a revolving door with all kinds of folks coming through. Uh, some of the best troops I had came from gangs. And it's all about in the influence, the yeah. values, the principles, again, and going back to good mentorship bringing these guys back to making them good human beings, you know, a good right. citizens or, or what have you. I've watched some of these guys evolve and go up the ranks and become, you know, NCOs, sergeant majors, you know, yeah. and uh, and turn around their lives. So it's very possible to have that happen. But again, you got to go back to the disciplines. And that's why people join the military. They join the military because they want discipline. They want the brotherhood. They want the organized. The structure. Yeah. It's uh, all those things are key, and that's what's slacking in our school systems now. We've gotten away from that, but then you're going to want these young guys to go into the military, these young ladies to go in there, and you haven't prepared them psychologically or even in their education because you've dumbed them down, and they have no clue. And yeah. now you're going to throw them into the fire. I've watched a lot of these young kids coming through, and I, I, I always look at the fact that I see my son and my daughter there. So we have to take our time to retrain these young men and women to survive the system. And then, and then later on, you're going to be done with them and you're going to throw them back out in the street. And there's going to be another challenge, another struggle. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's craziness of what's going on. So um, I, I have a problem with, um, with how the whole system is being run and, uh, and how we can do it better and go back. We have to go back to who we were as soldiers and Marines and the type of training we got. It, all those things are key to, uh, to having to maintain a, a good military. So if we get away from them, we weaken ourselves. You start a draft, you just what? You've trained all those young kids uh, coming out of school, have no clue, just like what happened in Vietnam, and now you're going to have a disaster on your hands. And, uh, and, and you think about the rumors going around about they want to get rid of two-thirds of the world population. Well, I guess you will get rid of the population that way. And yeah, well, yeah, it makes you think. It's like, are they doing all of these things? Is everything they're doing the goal to reduce the world population through uh, through uh, viruses being released, manufactured and released, in my opinion, to 
then also getting people to take experimental shots, uh, which kills some more people, and then indoctrinating our children in school so that they won't reproduce, and then maybe starting a big old world war so we can wipe a bunch of people out that way, too. Is that all part of that plan? Kind of makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. <sighs> Let's see. What are we going to talk about in the third hour? I got a bunch of things here, and I know we'll never get to all of it. I found an interesting article about how China is collecting DNA from the world's population, and which they're able to target certain racial groups with these DNA weapons. I remember a while back, there. I think one of the latest uh, James Bond movies actually dealt with something like that, where they could basically gear a DNA weapon to wipe out a certain family line. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy where we're going with these uh, biological weapons. And then also... Um, I want to talk about uh, release 14 of the Twitter files, which kind of deals with a lot of things we've been talking about as well. So, mm. I don't know. I got a lot of stuff today. That <laughs> It kind of takes you back to the bio labs in the Ukraine and what those were being designed exactly. and used for. You know? And Russia was wanting to destroy those. Why? Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah. So, and more and more is coming out of that. So, and then And then you look at who's tied into it, you know, which creates more controversy and more fear more and more evidence is pointing to this whole covid thing as being an engineered disaster intentional and it's looking like that these bio labs in in uh, wuhan were actually funded by the united states yes that came out very very early on i know Nobody wanted to believe it. Right. You said you mentioned a word earlier, what uh, died too soon news. Yeah, exactly. So, well, um, stick around for hour two. It's going to be pretty darn awesome. (laughs) And uh, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Stella's out today, by the way. She'll be back next week. And I'm here with uh, my guest, uh, Michael and Roe Tachias. I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce that name right the first time you were on with me many months ago. You've gotten really good. I, I've gotten good at it. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. <laughs> 